Hi, welcome to my first podcast. This podcast is dedicated to Alcohol Awareness Month. April is Alcohol Awareness Month, and I happen to work for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And so this episode is focusing on how parents need to talk to their kids about the dangers and the consequences of underage drinking. And I will be focusing on MADS Power Parents program that is a workshop and a handbook that helps parents look at what the dangers and consequences of underage drinking are, um, looking at brain development, looking at uh, issues uh, when it comes to driving and making good decisions, and then basically how to start conversations with your kids about the dangers of underage drinking and be armed with information uh, and ideas and how to start this conversation. As you'll hear in the workshop, I'm going to talk about starting these conversations early, even as early as age eight, and continuing through high school and even college. Thank you for listening. And I'm so excited for you to hear my first episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. First, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Myra Constable, and I've been involved with MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, the Central Texas office for 10 years as a volunteer victim impact panel speaker. I started doing that in the year 2000. And uh, in 2010, MAD got a grant from the Texas Department of Transportation, and I was hired on as the court monitoring project specialist. I did that for about six years, and then I became the program specialists, and I have been doing that for about three and a half years. So I have been employed by MAD for a total of about nine and a half years. I was a volunteer for 10. So I've been working with MAD for almost 20 years now. So through my time at MAD, I have seen families and entire communities that have been devastated by the tragic consequences of underage drinking and drug use. Now, I don't know if many of you know, but MAD was instrumental in helping to pass the 21 minimum drinking law uh, back in 1984. And we do continue to defend that law because underage alcohol use is dangerous to our kids, their health, their safety, and it can be deadly. So we know that these are preventable consequences. And we know that by educating parents about their influence on teens' decisions to drink and the power that parents have to make a difference. So um, right now, we are in our society dealing with COVID-19. And so that means that a lot of parents are working from home, are just at home, educating their kids and helping them with their online education right now. So we're with our kids more, uh, more time now than ever before. And so now is the perfect time to begin and continue these conversations about the dangers and the consequences of underage drinking.
and through MADS Power Parent Program, we're here to help you guys have intentional and ongoing conversations with your kids about alcohol, um, starting in middle school, continuing through high school. And today's workshop is a wonderful first start. So at MAD, whenever we begin a meeting or workshop, we start with a mission moment. And what that means to us is a story um, that is related to either drunk driving or underage drinking that helps us remember why we are doing the important work that we're doing. So I wanna start this workshop with a mission moment. Um, first, I would like to introduce you to Casey Taylor, and I'll read you the words from his mother. Casey, my eldest was what you would call a good kid on the honor roll, in the marching band, and choir. He wrestled and played football. Casey's father had a drinking problem, and Casey knew it contributed to our divorce. That gave me a false sense of security. I believed that since he had seen the problems alcohol could cause, that he was mature enough to handle drinking, but I was wrong. Casey was 18 the night that he and his friends stopped at a drive-up liquor establishment that didn't card underage buyers. They bought rum and they decided it would be fun to see how much just one person could chug, and that person was Casey. Around noon the next day, a police officer came to my door to tell me that Casey was dead. It took two days for the coroner to confirm that Casey's blood alcohol content was 0.41, more than five times the drunk driving limit for an adult. If I had it all to do over again, I would have made my message very clear. When I found that bottle of rum Casey had hidden in my garage, I would not have thrown it away and said nothing like I did. I would have taken it out and set it on my kitchen counter. Then I would have discussed why I did not want him drinking. I would have spoken to him about alcohol more often. Now the next story that I would like to share is Olivia Pruitt's story told by her mother, Lisa. My daughter, Olivia, didn't wake up one day desiring to be an alcoholic and an addict and lose her life at 21. That came about from friends and choices that she made. Olivia took her first drink at age 13. Looking back, there were signs. Her friends changed in middle school. Her diaries talked about how badly she wanted to fit in. I once dropped her off at a friend's house and when I returned, she was so intoxicated with alcohol poisoning that we went straight to the emergency room. Drinking caused Olivia to lose her virginity just before eighth grade to a high school senior. Then she was so ashamed she drank more and she tried to take her own life. Counseling helped for a while, but if she took one drink, she just couldn't stop. Olivia was a repeat offender. She got arrested, did drugs, wrecked a car, and became involved in an abusive relationship. Despite all the bad things, she still graduated 
early from high school with wonderful braids. When she wasn't under the influence, she was sweet and charming and funny. At age 21, Olivia called and asked for help. We got her waitlisted at an inpatient treatment program. She was supposed to call daily to check for an opening, but Olivia stopped calling, thinking she could handle it herself. Three months later, she drove drunk, hit an embankment, and died the next day. Later, I learned that the parents of one of Olivia's closest middle school friends allowed kids to drink at home as long as no one was driving. I had no idea. I trusted other parents and put my head in the sand. I never wanted to believe that my daughter had a drinking problem or was less than perfect. Losing Olivia changed our family forever. The simplest things you take for granted become a monumental event, like setting the kitchen table, just holding that extra plate in your hand. I share her story because if one person chooses not to go down that same path, then Olivia's life and death have purpose. That gives me comfort. Casey and Olivia and countless others who have died and been injured as a, as a result of underage drinking and drunk and drug driving are the reasons I'm here with you today. And that is why MAG continues to work to save lives until there are no more victims. Whether your child is in high school or middle school, it is so important for parents to have critical conversations with their kids about alcohol. So I just wanted to look at MAD's mission. Um, there are four areas to MAD's mission. Um, it's to create a future with no more victims and MAD's work is evident through the four mission areas. That's to uh, end drunk driving, help fight drug driving, support the victims of this violent crime and prevent underage drinking. MAD has two programs that specifically focus on underage drinking. And one is the program that we're talking about today. It's MAD's Power of Parents, helping parents to uh, create intentional and ongoing conversations with their kids about the dangers of underage drinking. And the Power of Youth is focusing on kids to know that they have the power to make decisions in their own lives um, and giving them the skills and the information to do so. So specifically addressing prevention of underage drinking, MAD recognizes that it does take both parents and teens to tackle this problem and to be part of the solution. So today we're focusing on power of parents and we'll talk about the problem and consequences of underage drinking as well as marijuana, the role of teens, friends, and peers, the role of adults, the role of parents, and what you can do today, tomorrow, and in the future to keep your kids safe. So we wanna thank Nationwide, who is our national presenting sponsor, who does sponsor our Power of Parents program. And without them, we would not be able to bring this workshop to you today. So thank you, Nationwide. So parents often rank drugs as more dangerous than alcohol. However, we seem to forget that alcohol is a drug. 
and it is the drug that's most commonly used by youth, more than tobacco, more than marijuana, or more than any other illicit drug combined, killing more than 4,300 youth each year. Teen drug use often starts with alcohol, and it is often abused in combination with alcohol. While our focus today is on teen drinking, the tips and the information can be used for discussions about marijuana and teen drug use. The latest research shows that kids start to consider the pros and cons of drinking, as, or drinking alcohol as early as age eight. I'm gonna read that one more time because I, I run into parents who think it's too early to begin talking about this uh, when I see them at health fairs and different things. The latest research shows that kids start to consider the pros and cons of drinking alcohol as early as age eight. National surveys show that the younger people are when they first become intoxicated, the greater the likelihood that they will have alcohol dependence while in college and they will engage in risky behaviors such as driving after drinking, riding with drunk drivers, or having unplanned, unprotected sex after drinking. The problem begins long before college. The human brain is not fully developed until the mid-20s. The frontal and prefrontal cortex, those are the areas that control judgment, planning, decision-making, self-control, they develop last. So, you may be primarily concerned about alcohol and your teenager as it relates to drinking and driving. And I will tell you that is a valid concern, but what I want you to keep in mind is that two thirds, 68% of underage drinking related deaths are due to incidents other than traffic related causes. Alcohol contributes to deaths resulting from homicides, suicides, alcohol, other poisonings, drownings, fires, and falls. One thing to remember, one, it's illegal. Two, it's dangerous for teens to consume alcohol, even if they are not driving. So as a parent, simply taking away the keys doesn't take away the risk. So the next slide, um, parents worry about peers giving their teens alcohol or a group of friends applying social pressure for their kids to drink. Parents should worry less about their teens associating with bad kids and focus on helping correct adolescents' misperceptions that everyone is drinking. Those perceptions can lead to the belief that it is normal to drink underage, and that you do have to drink to fit in, and ultimately it leads to more teen drinking. 25% of eighth graders have tried alcohol, and one out of eight teens binge drinks. This means that the majority of students actually do not drink. As parents, we need to direct our focus on what the real problem is in correcting misinformation and changing our kids' perceptions as well. In addition, I'd just like to add, we also need to look at what we are modeling. Um, before, 
I talked about kids, uh, parents worrying about their kids' friends, which again, that is a valid concern. But oftentimes kids get their alcohol and alcohol behaviors from looking at their parents. We know that children model our behavior. So you wanna just take a look at your own behavior and just see what you're modeling. Not saying you cannot drink, you cannot um, do things that adults do, but you wanna remember and think about what you're modeling to your kids. And kids often do say where uh, they get alcohol the most is their own refrigerator or their own home. So just keep those things in mind uh, when thinking about this. So there are adults who think that allowing kids to drink in small amounts of alcohol uh, in the home will teach them to drink safely. I'm gonna say that one more time. There are adults who think that allowing kids to drink in small amounts of alcohol in the home will teach them to drink safely and that it takes away the mystery uh, and the desire to drink, that it's not a big deal to give kids a little bit on a special occasion, or that I'm okay, so they'll be okay too. It's important for adults and parents to know that in multiple studies in both the United States and in Europe have consistently shown that kids who are permitted to drink in their homes drink more often and in larger amounts outside of their home when parents are not around and they experience more serious problems. There are no other drugs that adults would consider giving to kids in supervised settings that lower their risk of using it outside the home and have such a big impact on brain function. For example, most adults would not even think of giving their kids painkillers or cocaine in small doses in the home to let their kids experience the effects, yet many do this with alcohol. You cannot teach your child or your teen to drink responsibly. You need to remember that one in eight teens binge drinks. However, only one in 100 parents believes that his or her child binge drinks. So many parents do not see the importance of talking to their kids about alcohol. Research supports the idea that parent communication about alcohol can have a tremendous impact on the prevention and reduction of underage drinking. Three out of four teens say that their parents are the leading influence on their decisions about drinking. This is one that um, needs repeating. I'm gonna say it one more time. Three out of four teens say their parents are the leading influence on their decisions about drinking alcohol. This is why MAD partnered with Dr. Robert Teresi from Pennsylvania State University to adapt his research to empower parents to have effective conversations with their middle and high schoolers about drinking. Dr. Teresi's original handbook was shown to reduce underage drinking by up to 30% among college freshmen whose parents read and used the handbook. So here's just a quick overview of what you'll find when you read these handbooks. Our goal is not to judge or to tell you how to parent. The handbooks don't represent anyone's individual bias 
Rather, they're a compilation of two decades worth of research to provide you with information to help keep your kids safe. To close, first, please take the time to download a free handbook from our website. It is worth it and it does work. And I will tell you from experience, I have used this with my own son. He's 22 now, he's finished college. Um, but I started this with him at age 12. It is important to have these conversations and um, to have these ongoing conversations. I continued talking to him through college and about what he saw and what was going on and how he was going to deal with the pressure. Second, if you haven't started talking with your kids about alcohol, start now. Plan to have your first conversation with your kids, even tonight. Third, talk early, even starting at age eight, and keep talking through middle school and keep talking through high school, and like I did even through college. Frequency does matter. And finally, you do have the power to make a difference and to keep your kids safe. Your kids are listening. What are you saying? I wanna thank you for allowing me to share MADS resources uh, to help you keep your kids safe from the dangers of underage drinking. I also want, um, I want and hope that we have made you feel more empowered to influence your teens to make wise decisions. Um, again, I want to remind you that there is a free download of the Power of Parents Handbook for both middle and high school students that is available on our website at www.madd.org backslash power of parents. Thank you.